and we're actually beginning teaching on the churches that are being addressed in the book of Revelation. Esta noche estamos, estudiamos la sección en la cual las iglesias, vemos las iglesias que a Jesucristo se, uh, se dirige. We, explain, we explained already that uh, the book of Revelation is divided into three time sections. Ya explicamos cómo el libro se divide en tres diferentes secciones de, en tiempos. Looking with me in Revelation chapter 1 verse 19. Y vean en Apocalipsis capítulo 1 verso 19. John is told to write certain things. Juan se le es dicho de que escriba ciertas cosas. And he's supposed to write the things which he's already seen, number one. Y es supuesto escribir las cosas que ha visto primeramente. And the things which are presently occurring, number two. Y aquellas que son presentemente. This is chapter one, verse 19. El verso 19, el capítulo 1. And the third thing is to write things which shall be hereafter. Dice, y las que han de ser después de estas. And we explain that the first things, the things which he had already seen. Y vemos que explicamos que las cosas que ya ha visto, hemos visto. That's the first chapter. Eso uh, compone el primer capítulo. The vision he had of Jesus. La visión que tuvo de Jesucristo. The second time period is the things which are. Y el segundo periodo de tiempo son las cosas que son. That's chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation. Que componen el capítulo 2 y 3 de Apocalipsis. And that understanding that the Revelations is divided into three time sequences helps us to uh, root out false teaching concerning the Revelation. Y entender estas tres divisiones del libro uh, nos ayudan a, a a evitar cualquier falsa, falso entendimiento acerca de Apocalipsis. There are some people that teach the message to the seven churches as seven different dispensational times. A veces se enseña estas diferentes siete iglesias como siete dispensaciones diferentes del tiempo. And depending on how they teach it, it can usually end up in wrong understanding of what the message is all about. Y dependiendo de cómo se enseñe esto, podemos terminar en un, quizás, un mensaje erróneo de lo que queremos dar a entender. But by understanding chapter 1, verse 19, Pero entendiendo el capítulo 1 y el verso 19, we can understand that this, the, Paul, John was to write about the things which are. Estamos, uh, vemos que Juan estaba supuesto a escribir acerca de las cosas que son. And these seven churches in chapter 2 and chapter 3 of Revelation y estas siete iglesias en capítulo 2 y 3 de Apocalipsis were churches in existence in John's day. Eran iglesias que estaban en existencia en los días de Juan. And these were messages to seven of those churches. Y estos son mensajes a estas siete diferentes iglesias. Now the idea of things which are y la idea de las cosas que son that also means things which are even for us Today. And as we're going to see as we study these seven churches, these are messages for us as God's church. The third time period in, in verse 19 is the things which shall be hereafter. And those things that are to be hereafter begin in chapter 4 of Revelation. Chapter 4, starting with the very first verse, the last part, God, the, the voice tells John, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Dice de aquí, en el, empezando la primera parte, dice que oí una voz que dijo, ven y te mostraré las cosas que sucederán después de esas cosas. And what John sees from chapter 4 to the end of the book, 
deals with things in the future. Now I do want to point out, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see this uh, later on, that chapter 4 and chapter 5 could be occurring this very moment. Think about it. They are the events just before the coming of the Lord. Certain things we're going to study about these chapters. They could be taking place right now. How many would be excited if that was true? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I want to go. Praise God. Even if I can't finish my message, praise God, I'll go up. <laughs> Hallelujah. As long as we're in His will. Amen. But that things, but understanding those three time sequences helps us to to di rightly divide the word of God. Pero entender estas tres secuencias dadas ahí nos, nos ayuda realmente a dividir propiamente la palabra de Dios. Amen. So, uh, with that in mind, let's begin our study here on, <coughs> excuse me, on the book of Revelation. Así que empecemos acá hoy el estudio. And looking at your outline. Y si ven sus notas. You see, uh, first of all, this is a revelation of Christ given to John. Note number one. Right. And note number two, we want you to understand how these messages are organized to each church. The first thing is that the, the, the Lord addresses these churches by name. Uh-huh. Let me just put this up on the board here and, and you can keep this in mind as we look at the first church. The first thing that happens is he addresses them by name. And I want to point out something about this. And that's something I feel the Lord's been, been trying to instruct us in our assembly. I want you to understand that these were seven different churches that living at the same time. Now, don't get me wrong tonight. But I want to put a situation before you. Suppose one of the believers of Smyrna, which is the second church here, was visiting over in the Ephesus church at the time that the message was being given to the churches. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Only one problem. What? The believer from the Smyrna church was supposed to have heard that Sunday, he wouldn't have heard it. And he would have heard what the Lord was trying to speak to the Ephesus church. Which was still the word of the Lord. But it was not the message being given to that particular Now, I don't want to create a doctrine out of that. Because <laughs> that would tend to make us feel we should never go to any other church. You know, we're stuck in this one place. But I want to use it in this way. To emphasize to you tonight. Number one. How important it is to belong to a family. Wherever that's at. To, to know that the part of the body of Christ you belong to. Amen? Amen. You know, because then you know, God is, I'm going there and God's speaking to me. You, you know, there's a little instrument 
that the priests had. Hay un instrumento que los sacerdotes tenían. Let's pretend it's this thing here. Y pretendemos que es eso ya. And, and we're going to take Ricardo here. Y vamos a tomar a Ricardo. And you see, he's going to become a living sacrifice. Y Ricardo será el sacrificio vivo. Okay, and so the Bible says we're to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. La Biblia nos dice que nos ofrezcamos como un sacrificio vivo. So here's Ricardo. Así que aquí está Ricardo. He's offering himself as a living sacrifice for the Lord. Él se está ofreciendo como un sacrificio here vivo. Here I am, Dios. Lord, whatever you want me to do. Y dice lo que sea, Señor, haré. Which is wonderful. Lo cual es maravilloso. But the priest had a certain instrument. Pero el sacerdote tenía un instrumento. And, and that in, those instruments were called tongs or, or like hooks. Y eran llamados como pinzas. Why did the priests need to use those? ¿Y por qué tenía el sacerdote que usar eso? Because when that little animal is on the altar, porque cuando ese animal está en el altar, they like to jump off, right? Les gusta saltar <laughs> del altar. So the priests were given certain instruments to keep that animal there. Así que el sacerdote tenía estos instrumentos para mantenerle ahí en el altar. And not just keep it there. Y no solamente mantenerlo ahí. But to turn him over. Sino de que para darles vuelta. So that every part of the animal gets cooked. Para que cada parte del animal oh, se cocine. The priests had certain hooks to use. Y por eso tenía este <laughs> estos instrumentos que usar el sacerdote. How many thank God for your pastors and others that minister to you in the word of God? Cuando Dios por sus pastores y los diferentes que Dios usa para ministrarles. Because it's very easy to go to some place and say, ooh. Y es fácil a cualquier lugar decir, ooh. That message hurts. Ese mensaje duele. I think I'll go over here. <laughs> Yo creo que mejor voy allá. I like the altar that this that that priest has over there. It's a little not quite so hot over there. Me gusta el altar que aquí hay porque no es tan caliente acá. But if we're where God wants us to be. And we know God has placed us there. Then we can give ourselves to those hooks. <laughs> we can let the priest turn us around on the altar. And know that the fire is from God. And let him work in our lives. So the very first thing is that, there was a, that the message was addressed to a specific church. And there's a message God has for us. I want you to get excited in our assembly here. Yo creo que estemos excitados, exitosos esta noche. Not because there's wonderful messages, because there probably isn't. Y quizás no porque sea un mensaje fabuloso, pero quizás no es. Now we don't have famous evangelists and preachers in here. We have just silly old Martin and I and a couple others. No tenemos aquí famosos evangelistas, solo simplemente. Yeah, we make our tapes and we make our tapes and nobody wants them anyway. Hacemos los cassettes y nadie los compra. No, the, the idea is this. La idea es esta. Once you get excited, una vez que te llenas de ánimo, about hearing acerca de oír, what God is saying to the church. Lo que Dios está diciendo a las iglesias. Did you hear what I said? Te escuchaste? You know, in other words, if we miss a meeting, o sea que si nos perdemos un it's, servicio, it's true, we may not be able to go to all the meetings. A lot of things go on. No podemos ir a todos los servicios. This poor guy is, has his head in ice cream all day long. Sometimes he comes with, an, you know, with his ears full of ice cream. You know, it's difficult. He, can't, he needs extra rest, you know. A veces necesito descanso extra. But, but, but there should be something in our heart. I missed that. I missed what the priest was doing. Que como que siento que he perdido lo que el sacerdote estaba haciendo esa noche. ¿Qué es lo que Dios estaba hablando esa noche? ¿Cuál fue el mensaje esa noche? Quiero saber. Porque quiero que también Dios obre en mi vida. ¿Cuál es la palabra del Señor? Some people are reading this book, reading that book, listening to that evangelist, listening to that preacher, and hearing all kinds of messages, and they're being spun around everywhere, and most likely they're falling off the altar completely. Y algunos están leyendo otros libros, escuchan diferentes evangelistas, y al fin y al cabo quizás lo que les pasa es que son 
da, le dan vuelta por todos lados you y se caen del altar. You come to him and say, brother, what's the Lord speaking? Y alguien viene y le pregunta qué te está hablando el Señor. Hermano? Well, I heard a good message yesterday and bueno, I heard that pastor say this. Oí este mensaje anoche o ayer y no saben. The manna comes fresh every morning. El maná viene fresco cada día, cada mañana. When we're walking with the Lord, cuando caminamos con el Señor, we have our radio station tuned into Jesus. Tenemos nuestra estación entonada a Jesús. And we're hearing God speak. Estamos oyendo lo que Dios habla. We may not be there, but we want to know. Well, what's the word of the Lord? Ya no estamos acá, pero queremos saber qué es la palabra de Dios. That's a good question for you tonight. Es una buena pregunta esta noche. What was the message about on Sunday? ¿De qué fue el servicio? ¿Qué habló el señor? Ah, can't quite remember right now. Let me look at my notes. Vemos las notas, ¿no? It's even worse when the pastor forgets what the message was about. Peor es cuando el pastor lo olvida. But we're like that. We, I want us to get excited about hearing God's word. Yo creo que estemos llenos de gozo acerca de lo que Dios está haciendo. I want us to be able to come to church and hear and hear God say. My name. Yo creo que vengamos a la iglesia y que podamos oír nuestro nombre que Dios lo diga. God, I heard you call my name in that message. Oí mi nombre en ese mensaje. He speaks to the church's name. Él habla a la iglesia por su nombre. We need to get excited about it. Tenemos que llenarnos de gozo. You know the last thing I want. Y lo último que yo quiero. Is people just going through the motions of religion. Es personas que van por la moción de las mociones de religión. I'd rather have one person coming and hearing what God's saying than a lot of people going through the motions of it. Y quizás tener solo tener una persona que venga y oiga lo que está haciendo el Señor y los demás solamente yendo por las mociones. Amen. So the first thing we see is that the Lord was addressing. Sí, lo primero que vemos es que Dios se dirige. He was speaking to the specific church. Habla a una iglesia en particular. It's so important for us. Es tan importante. To be where God wants us to be. Estar donde Dios quiere que estemos. Realizing that we're just a small part of the body of Christ that's throughout the world. Darnos cuenta que somos una pequeña parte del cuerpo de Cristo a través de todo el mundo. But what's important is that we know where we're at. We're here because God wants us here. Lo importante es que estamos acá y sabemos por qué es por que es porque Dios quiere que estemos acá. Then God can take those tools and turn us on the altar Así Dios puede usar esas pinzas y darnos vueltas como él quiera en el altar. Amen. Amen. So let's get excited about hearing God speak. Que vamos a estar llenos de de gozo, de ánimo para pa Parents, talk to your children about it. Los padres también hablen a sus hijos de ello. When you talk to one another about the word of God, you'll remember it more. Unos a otros si comparten la palabra de Dios van a recordar más la palabra de Dios. Get excited about it. Llénense de de Now what's interesting here is that it was to the angel of the church also. It wasn't just to the church. Lo interesante es que también se dirige al ángel de la iglesia, no solamente a la iglesia. Chapter 2 verse 1 of Revelation. Capítulo 2 verso 1 de Apocalipsis. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. Sé que al ángel de la iglesia en Éfeso. Now we're going to see that the word angel literally means messenger. Vemos que la palabra de ángel significa en realidad mensajero. Messenger. Un mensajero. Messenger. That's really what the servants of God or the, or the ministers or the pastor is to the church. Just a messenger. There was one, there was one brother, an old, uh, older man, uh, just so sweet in his experience with the Lord. And he, he did, they didn't put him into share very much, but when he would preach, you just knew it was coming from his heart. His walk with God was just so simple. Sometimes he'd be preaching. And I, you know, since I like to have an organized Bible study, I would get frustrated sometimes. <laughs> 
tiendo a tener un estudio organizado, a veces me frustraba. Y él empezaba un mensaje, a veces no se acordaba, no podía encontrar el verso que quería and, uh, compartir. And he, maybe he read a wrong verse. Quizás leía el verso equivocado. He looked at it for a minute. Lo miraba por un momento. He said, oh, I'm sorry. Y decía, oh, lo siento. I guess the Lord has given me a different message for you. Creo que el Señor me está dando un mensaje diferente para ti. And he'd go preaching from that verse. Y predicaba de ese verso. But there was life. Pero era, había vida ahí. And he said, he said, look, here's all that I am. This y, is what he told the y church. Y hey, esto es todo lo que yo I'm just a mailbox. Yo solamente soy un, un, uh, a mailbox. Un yeah, don't expect anything unless the Lord puts a letter for you. The postman comes. <laughs> so if you come and the postman hasn't come to put a letter in a box, you're not going to get anything to read today. I'm just a mailbox. Yo soy el and, so this is to the messengers of the church. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. De Corinto, capítulo 8. Because we'll look at this a little bit more. Vamos a ver esto más adelante, as we study the Ephesian church. Al estudiar más la iglesia en Éfeso. But 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Capítulo 8. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians. Wait a minute. I'll get it. I'll get it. Hey, hey, hey. Just Lucky. test. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 23. 2 Corinthians. Capítulo 8. I won't change my message on you tonight. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 23. Just listen to the words of Paul. Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you, or our brethren be inquired of, they are messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. Go ahead. Just the last part. They are messengers of the churches in the glory of Christ. That Same word angel we read in Revelation chapter 2. That's the word used here, messenger. So you understand what he's referring to. It's to the servants, to the, to the, to the pastor or to the one that God has entrusted the church to. They are messengers to the church. And don't forget the second part. They're the glory of Christ. And we'll see that in a minute here. Back to Revelation chapter 2. Amen. So we're seeing how the Lord addressed not Not just the church, but the angel or the messenger of that church, the mailbox of that church. And the job of, the, uh, uh, of a person who shares God's word is, first of all, to digest that word himself. And then he can give life to others. Y él puede dar vida a otros. Amen. Um, the other thing we see in our list here of the, of the uh, basic outline for the churches the second thing we see is that there is a revelation of Jesus revelation of Jesus that's given to the church and as we've seen already that, that, that is what they needed to see to get victory over certain problems they had a revelation of Jesus the third thing what does it say? the Lord spoke to them about their good qualities good qualities to, if you ever want to be a good disciplinarian you need to know how to see the good qualities in people too. That's a good lesson for parents. 
Esa es una buena lección para los padres. Because children can get very frustrated if we're always talking about the things they do wrong. Porque los, los hijos pueden frustrarse si siempre les señalamos las cosas malas. We need to know the good qualities. Necesitamos también señalar las buenas cualidades. And literally lift them up above the other things. Y en verdad levantarles más a, allá de todas las cosas de todos los demás. Last week we saw how God spoke to Jeremiah. La semana pasada vimos cómo Dios habló a Jeremías. In Jeremiah 15:19. En 15, 19. If you take the if you take the precious. Out of, out of the vial then you can be as my mouth so for us to be able to really speak God's word we need to be able to see the precious things in God's people so in the same way when Jesus speaks to us he acknowledges the good things we've done the third thing I'm sorry the fourth thing The fourth thing is then he begins to speak to them about problems, las faltas, shortcomings, habla acerca de sus faltas, faults. We'll put faults here also. Same thing. The faults, the problems, the sin perhaps that was in that church. Quizás pecados que estaban ocurriendo en la iglesia. The next thing was the remedy. Número cinco ahí es el remedio. The remedy. Thank God that when he shows us a problem in our life there is always a remedy. You may be afraid to go to a doctor because there's no cure for you. And you'd rather not know about that problem. But thank God we can always go to Jesus. Because there's nothing too difficult for him. So we can come to him freely. The sixth thing is the reward. Right? Is that right? The reward. Amen. God is called a he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Some people say I don't care about the rewards. I don't care about the rewards. They don't understand what the Lord speaks about. The rewards simply speak of more of Jesus. How many of you want more of Jesus? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Okay, let's look at the Ephesian church now tonight. And I want to point out that not only is this idea of the name of the church, I want to point out that the, na the actual name of this church has meaning. Y también queremos enfatizar de que el, el nombre en sí de la iglesia también tiene un significado. La palabra de Dios es tan, es tan maravillosamente inspirada, escrita. Encontramos que hay significado en cada palabra. Even the names. Aún los nombres. One of my favorites in the New Testament is a man who fell from the window while Paul was preaching. Uno de mis favoritos es este hombre que cayó de una ventana cuando Pablo estaba predicando. Paul wasn't preaching a 45-minute message either. Pablo no estaba predicando un mensaje de 45 minutos. He preached from evening to the morning. Él predicó de la noche a la mañana. So, you know, um, when, there's one poor boy that was sitting in the window on the second floor. Este pobre muchacho sentado en la ventana del segundo piso. And there was no screens or bars on that window. No había rejas o verjas, hay nada. He fell right out. Se cayó. Dead. Muerto, murió. Hope that doesn't happen in our church tonight. Praise God, we're not on the second floor. But the, he fell out dead. Well, praise God, Paul went down and, and lifted him back up and he was alive. Who knows what that boy's name was? I bet you don't know. Francisco, Sunday school teacher. Sunday school question. <laughs> 
No. Oh, no. Stephen, he died, but he died as a martyr. <laughs> His name was Eutychus. Eutychus. Eutico? Eutychus? Eutychus. You can look at it later. Probably chapter 20. But you know what his name means? Eutico? Eutico. 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 You know what his name means? ¿Sabes lo que significa su nombre? Listen. You know what his name means? ¿Sabes lo que significa el nombre? Very content. Muy content. Very Muy satisfied. <laughs> So, if you're hungry tonight, you won't fall asleep. But if you're satisfied with everything, you'll fall asleep after the first five minutes of preaching. Amen? So, it's, yeah, if you're satisfied with, well, I'm fine, I'm okay. How many hungry tonight? How many know they need something in their life? Amen. So, so Eutychus, even that mean, mean, name has meaning. So, it's a wonderful thing to study the names if God can give you inspiration. Okay. So, the word Ephesus, I'm going to write it up on the board here. I hope we can put this in Spanish properly, but it's, Full, help me out, Martin, here in Spanish. Full purposed. Full purposed. All the interpreters here. Full, lleno de muchos or muchos cosas. It's something, it's something, it's not something good, it's something that they had as a fault in their life. So, lleno de propósito? Yeah, lleno de propósito. And, and what we're going to see in this church is how that name matches up to what was, their, what was in their lives. They, they lived in a place that was very prosperous. Ephesus was a very prosperous, a very mature city. Paul's letter to the Ephesian church was probably one of the most sophisticated letters he ever wrote. So you can kind of imagine that the, uh, what do you call them, white-collar guys there in Ephesus. And they were full-purposed. Right, you'll see that meaning in a little bit. But they had a lot of good works. In verse 2, I know thy works and thy labor. This is Jesus speaking. And your patience. You cannot bear those that are evil. You've tried them that say they're apostles and you found out the false apostles. Verse 3, you have had much patience. And you've had patience for my name's sake. You've labored. And you've not fainted. Well, it's a wonderful thing. But num- verse 4, the Lord says, Nevertheless, I have something against you. One thing against you. You know, I love it when in the scripture, God, you know, he sees all these things and he just has one little finger that points out something in our life. The Bible says God placed the sun, moon, and stars in heaven with his fingers. You would think he had very big fingers, right? <laughs> but yet that finger can get real tiny when it points out something in our life. Remember the rich man that came to Jesus? 
He came to Jesus. Vino Jesus. And he said, "Oh, I want to serve you. I want to do so many things." Maestro, quiero servirte, quiero hacer todo por Yes, you've kept all the commandments from your youth up. Y el Señor le dijo, "Sí, ha guardado los mandamientos de tu juventud." Yes, one thing that all lacks. Jesús dijo, "Pero una cosa te falta." That little that big finger that created the heavens and the earth pointed tiny little thing in that man's life. Y esa gran cosa que colocó los la luna las estrellas señaló esa cosita en la vida de este hombre. One thing. Una cosa. And you can say, yeah, but there's a lot of other things good, Lord. Y puedes decir, bueno, señor, pero hay muchas otras cosas buenas. Yes, but one thing. Pero hay una cosa. Can make the big difference. Eso puede ser la diferencia. How many can say amen? Amen. How many thank God that he has a small little finger? Cuánto agradecer a Dios por ese dedo pequeño de Dios también. If you let him work in your life. Y que déjalo que obre en tu vida. Amen. Well, look at this what their problem was, but let's go back to how Jesus reveals himself to this church. Veamos también cómo Jesucristo se revela a la iglesia. Remember they were a very active church. Recuerden que era una iglesia muy activa. It was to the Ephesian church Paul talked about the apostolic ministry. Fue a la iglesia de de Efesios de Éfeso de que Pablo habla del ministerio. They knew all about apostles. Ellos sabían They had all kinds of ministry. They had all kinds of activities in the body of Christ in their area. Toda clase de actividades del cuerpo de Cristo en toda área. Full of purpose. Llenos de propósito. A lot of activities. Toda clase de actividades. Kind of like a Martha doing all kinds of things. Como una Marta haciendo toda clase de cosas. But one thing. Pero una cosa. They've lacked. Les faltaba. Well, let's see how Jesus reveals himself to them. Cómo él se revela a ellos. The revelation of Jesus. La revelación de Jesucristo. Remember, each one of these revelations is taken from chapter 1. Y recuerda que cada una de estas revelaciones es tomada del capítulo 1. It looks kind of mysterious here. These things saith, this is verse 1 now. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand and who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Go ahead, yeah. el verso 1 vemos aquí escribe el ángel de la iglesia en Éfeso el que tiene las siete estrellas en su diestra el que anda en medio de los siete candeleros de oro dice esto Amen. What does that mean? ¿Qué significa? He has seven stars in his right hand, tiene siete estrellas en su diestra and he walks in the seven golden candlesticks. y anda en medio de los siete candeleros de oro ¿Por qué fue importante para Jesús revelar a esta iglesia a la iglesia In this way. ¿Por qué es importante que él se revele a esta iglesia de Éfeso así, esta well, manera? We first of all have to find out what the stars speak about and what the seven candlesticks speak tenemos about. Tenemos que ver de lo que hablan las estrellas y los candeleros. We can back it up in chapter 1 verse 20. Podemos ver en el capítulo 1 verso 20. I want you to read it and I want you to tell me who the stars are and who the seven candlesticks Léanlo are. Léanlo y díganme quiénes son las estrellas y quiénes son los candeleros. Los candeleros. Can you tell me? Who the, first of all, tell someone tell me who the stars are. ¿Quiénes son las estrellas? What does it say? Verse 20. Verso 20. Who are the stars? ¿Quiénes son las estrellas? Who is it? The angels. Los ángeles. Okay, who are the angels? ¿Y ¿Quiénes son los ángeles? The messengers of the church. Los mensajeros de la iglesia. So what does Jesus do with the stars? Así que qué hace Jesús con las estrellas? He holds them in his right hand. Así que las sostiene en su, su, en su diestra. In other words, this is something the Ephesian church must have forgotten. Así que quizás esto es algo que esta iglesia de Éfeso olvidó. Or maybe they never had that revelation like they should have. O nunca tuvieron esta revelación como debían. We'll look at it in just a little. But what are the seven candlesticks? Who can tell me what that speaks about? ¿Qué son los candeleros? The seven churches. And the picture we have of a candlestick is the tabernacle. El cuadro que tenemos acá en el en el en el candelabro de los candeleros es el tabernáculo. In the holy place. En el lugar santísimo. There was the the only light in the holy place was the candlestick. La única luz en el lugar santísimo era del candel del candel del candel del candelabro. Uh huh. That candlestick brought light. If it went out, there was no light at all. 
Si se apagaba, no había luz del todo. How many know that you and I are the light of the world? Vamos a saber que nosotros, tú y yo, somos la luz del mundo. Right? But what we must remember is that even though we are, the, as a church, we are the candlestick, we are the light in darkness. Que aun así como iglesia, somos la luz en las tinieblas. The priest had to do something with those lamps every once in a while. El sacerdote tenía que hacer algo con estas lámparas de vez en cuando. The priest had to go in there many times a day into that holy place. Tenía que entrar a este lugar, a este lugar santo muchas veces en el día he had to make sure that each of those lamps y asegurarse que cada candelabro was burning estaba quemando those of you who ever had a kerosene lamp or some kind of an oil lamp you know that the wick can get too short sometimes y esos que tienen han tenido lámparas de, de gas uh, saben que a veces la mecha puede acortarse mucho it starts burning up too comienza much comienza a quemarse mucho and it can fill the place with smoke y puede llenar el lugar de humo is that right Así Sometimes es. the oil level can get down and it can just dry right up. It's easy for us to think when things are going well, wow, this is great. What a wonderful church. Oh boy. Wow. We're the church of God. <laughs> Look what God's doing here. But we remember, unless that priest comes, that lamp won't last very long. In the Ephesian church, with all of their understanding of ministry, they were getting away from the fact that it was Jesus who was the center of it all. They forgot that Jesus needed to walk in the midst of the candles. He, he had to blow off some of the dust and ashes off the wicks. Yeah. The part of the wicks that had kind of gotten too burned up, he had to go and cut it. La parte de la mecha que se había quemado mucho tenía que cortarla. Pull it out a little bit. Quizás jalarlo un poco más para afuera. Go fresh oil. Y y derramar un poco de aceite fresco. And without that, y sin eso, there's no light. No hay luz. Can you say amen tonight? Amen. That's one reason why they lost their first love. They were doing all the good things. They learned how to discern false apostles. Not everyone could do that. The poor Corinthian church, they were saying, oh, we have a better apostle than Paul. <laughs> and they were letting false apostles come and do all kinds of things in their midst and then rejecting Paul. But not the Ephesian church. They, 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 they were full of ministry. Full of purpose. They had divine revelation. Read the book of Ephesians sometime. How Paul spoke to them like no other church. But they had forgotten that the high priest needs to come just like any other church and take care of the wick and the oil and all of that. It's Jesus who walks in the midst of the candlesticks. How many thank God for Jesus today? How many want him to come and just cut that wick a little bit? Trim the Clean out the lamp. Sometimes it gets full of bugs. Do you ever see what happens to a lamp when it gets full of bugs and insects? It starts hissing and popping and, and smoke everywhere. <laughs> And, and burns your eyes just to look at it. The Lord has to get rid of all the bugs. Dios tiene que deshacerse todos los insectos ahí. Amen. What about the stars in His right hand? 
This is one thing the Lord was really ministering to me with this whole past week. See, the, the candlesticks speak about the church, or the, in general, the people in the church. But the angel of the church, the messenger of the church, the Bible says he holds those stars in his right hand. What had happened to the ministers, or we could even say the deacons, elders, or those responsible in that church for ministry, what had happened to them? How is it that they were, had lost their first love? You know how? They forgot that all of their ministry is only done as they abide in Jesus' hand. And they begin to see all the things they were doing. Wow, God's using me. Wow, look at the ministry I have now. Oh, this is exciting. And they begin to, to see themselves as being the very promoter of what they were calling revival. And they had fallen out of his right hand. De la mano the right hand of de God's Dios. hand, the right hand of God speaks about His power. La diestra de Dios habla de su poder. Speaks about His love. De su amor. Speaks about being in love with Jesus. Habla de estar en amor, enamorado who, de Jesús. Who is the arm of the Lord? ¿Quién es el brazo del Señor? Jesus. Jesús. Isaiah 53. To so whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Dice, ¿a quién ha sido revelado el brazo del, del Señor? We need to remember that He holds us in His hand. Recordemos que Él nos sostiene en su mano. As we serve Him. Him. One thing Paul knew in his life is that whatever ministry God called him to do, there was grace to do it. You know, one thing I learned in, in my first years of ministry, I want you to know that to stand up in front of people was not anything that I could do at all. Before I got saved. I struggled. In high school, I took speech classes to try to help me out with my problems. In my first years of ministry, when they would ask me to do something, I said, oh, no, no, I can't. And, and, I, began, and I, I began to learn that by saying that, by saying, no, I can't do it. That's too hard for me. Or I'm too busy. Or I got this. I learned. I realized that I was losing something that God was offering me. Paul knew that what God had called him to do. There was grace to do it. Is that right? If Jesus calls you to come walk on the water, you say, "Well, Lord, I've never done that before." <laughs> You'll stay in the boat. But if you know he called you out on the water, how many know that he'll hold, he'll make that water like a solid brick under your feet? Amen? If he called you to walk on it. Now if you say, oh, Martin's walking on water, I'm going to get out there too. <laughs> You'll sink right away. Is that right? Amen? But when, when he calls us to do something, there's grace to do it. I was looking at something today in Numbers chapter 11. Just one little thought about Moses here. Moses was called by God. 
Moisés fue llamado por Dios to ministry. para ministrar. And Moses's ministry was to so many thousands of people. Y el ministerio de Moisés fue para tantos miles de personas. 600,000 men, not counting women and children. 600,000 hombres sin contar mujeres y niños. Surely over a million people he was in charge of. Seguramente más de un millón de personas que él estaba a cargo. And they just they weren't the easiest people to take care of. They complained and murmured and fought and said bad things about Moses. It was horrible. Y no eran los más fáciles porque se quejaron murmuraron se, era algo horrible esta gente and at this point in Moses's life, y a este punto en la vida de Moisés the people are all complaining about Moses again. el pueblo otra vez aquí está quejándose de Moisés and look what Moses says uh, Numbers chapter 11 el número capítulo 11 and verse 11 el verso 11 and Moses said unto the Lord and And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight that thou layest the burden of all this people on me? He's complaining to God. Moisés se queja a Dios. God, I mean, you've given me too much to do. Le dice, Señor, me ha dado mucho que hacer. You've given me too much responsibility. Me ha dado mucha responsabilidad. Verse 12. Verso 12. Have I conceived all these people? Concebí yo a todo este pueblo? Have I given birth to them? Dice, lo engendré yo? Lord, what, why do you give me so much problem? Dice, ¿por qué me das tanto problema, Why Señor? are you bringing all these people like this? ¿Por qué has traído todo este pueblo? And all they do is complain todo, all day. Todo lo que hacen es quejarse todo el día. Look at this with me verse 14 Miren conmigo el verso 14 Don't want you to miss the point tonight No no pierdan este punto esta Verse 14 noche. I'm not able to bear all the people alone because it's too heavy for me Dice no puedo soportar todo esto porque es mucho para mí Too difficult Muy difícil I can't help out with transportation I'm too busy No puedo ir con la transportación porque estoy muy ocupado I can't, I can't I can't get involved in that ministry I can't help out with Sunday school I, I got too many other things to do No puedo hacer con, nada con ese ministerio hacer esto o aquello porque mucho tengo que hacer The only thing you need to know Lo único que tienes que saber Is whether God is asking you to do it Es que si Dios te está pidiendo que lo hagas o no God is asking you to do it Si Dios te pide que lo hagas How many Are, at least with your mind are sure there's going to be grace to do it. Can you hacerlo? agree with me on that point? When, right? Yeah, um, Ricardo, if God called you to go to Washington, D.C., walk right into the White House and preach to President, what's his name, Clinton? Clinton. <laughs> About Jesus? You say, <gasps> me? <laughs> okay, well, you know, it'd be easy to say, well, Lord, I've... I haven't done that before. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have money to go to Washington. No tengo como ir a Washington. I've never preached before more than 500 people or whatever it may be. That, that must have been the devil talking. <laughs> But if God told Ricardo to go preach to President Clinton on... March 14th How many can agree with me in your mind right now that God will provide a way for him to go? Can you agree? And that God will give him the grace to preach the right message. Amen? What's the only thing that matters? Not the money, not his ability, but whether God told him to do it. Can you hear me tonight? We got to think like this. I know some of you that, you know, especially some of the young people that God may be speaking to you about serving him full time. Maybe, maybe get involved in missionary work. You look at yourself and say, not me, Lord. I can't do it. I don't have the ability. I have this, I have that. That's not what matters, is it? What matters is this. Is God asking you? 
Dios llamando. And if he is, y si es así, then he'll give you grace. Él te dará gracia. Can you say amen? Amen. So to say no, Lord, you can't. Those two words never go together in a sentence. Can you say amen to that? Amen. <laughs> no, Lord. No, <laughs> Those two words don't go together. <laughs> it's always, say it with me, yes, Lord. Listen to this with me tonight. Moses was complaining. Too much work to do. Too much responsibility. Too much burden. God, why are you afflicting me like this? It's not fair. To God. In verse 15, he gets real serious about his complaint here. If thou deal with me like this, then just kill me. I want to show you something. I don't know if you've ever seen these verses like this, but so, the Lord really ministered these verses to me one time. Do you remember what God did when Moses complained like that? Look what he says. I'm going to take some of the spirit which is upon you and I'm going to put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you. Y llevarán contigo la carga del pueblo. So you will not be, won't have to bear it yourself. No la llevarás solo. What was helping Moses up to this point? ¿Qué es lo que había ayudado hasta este punto, Moisés? The anointing, the Holy Spirit, the grace of God. La gracia de Dios. What was he doing? ¿Y qué estaba haciendo? He was looking at himself. Viéndose a sí mismo. I can't do it. No puedo. It's too much. Es mucho. Too much work. Mucho. What about this? What about that? I can't do it. No, puedo. no one's helping me. Nadie me ayuda. But, so what does God say? Okay, Moses. God doesn't say I'm going to bring 70 men and give them some of my spirit. He says, Moses, I'm going to take some of the spirit I've already I've given you everything you need to take care of them, but since you say you can't do it, I'm just going to take a little bit of that off of you and divide it upon these other people. Can you see what I see in those verses? Can you see what I see? Moses had enough of the Spirit to take care of it all by himself. Can you see that? Can you see that? Now, I'm not going to go too far with that understanding, but this is the idea. What God calls us to do, He'll give us the grace. Complainers, two reasons they complain. One is because they want everybody else to know how much they're doing and feel sorry for them. And the other may be because they're not doing what God told them to do. That's the reason for complaining. Amen. Amen. Are you a complainer tonight? Maybe you've fallen out of his right hand. Maybe you've fallen out of his right hand. Understand, he's the one who holds you up. And he'll give you grace to do whatever he asks you to do. Amen. Revelation chapter 2. Just finishing the, the, the portion here. The one thing God had against this full-purposed church. This one thing he had against them. Is they lost their first. They had left their first love. Amen. Let's all stand tonight. 
Let's realize first of all tonight we need to come back to first love every day. Y vamos a darnos cuenta primeramente de que todos necesitamos regresar al primer amor. First, viejo. Let's ask God tonight to bring us back to first love. Y pidamos a Dios de que nos traiga de vuelta ese primer amor. A revelation we need from Jesus tonight. Eh, una, eh, la revelación que necesitamos de Jesucristo. Number one, he is the high priest. Lo primero de que él es el sumo sacerdote. He is the one who takes care of the lamp in the church. Quien toma cuidado de los, de los candeleros en la iglesia. He is the one that gets the bugs out and trims the wick. And number two tonight, that he holds his servants in his right hand. And some way, all of us here tonight are to be stars. Leaders. Ministering. 